on certain groundlessness. Navigating dizziness. My route is rootlessness. I do not have ground. Together, my ground is groundlessness. My name is Ruth Anderwald and I'm here with Leonhard Grant and Sergio Edelstein. Leo and I, we are artists working as an artist duo. And Sergio, what do you do? I'm a curator. We have created five episodes for you of pod art. Pod art means it's a podcast as a work of art of speaking around dizziness. Dizziness is a topic that we've been interested in for a very long time. Today we will try to lay out what we understand as dizziness. And we could say that dizziness is a perspective that we take on ourselves, the world, and we feel that these dynamics of dizziness allow for profound questions. Everybody knows what dizziness is. Everybody experiences dizziness quite often. We're going to try to understand rather what are the factors and what are the potentials of, of dizziness. But you have been working on this uh, a lot before, no, Leon Ruth? I mean, we actually collaborated with the former iteration of your dizziness project. Our interest in what we call dizziness started from observing our artistic practice. And uh, in a creative process, dizziness uh, understood as the uncertainty of the process or as the staying open in a process and flexible in terms of possible artistic outcomes, this can be a resourceful driving force. For this project, we started with the hypothesis that dizziness can become a generative and creative resource. Nevertheless, you're right, Sergio. When we started thinking about dizziness, we started really from the physiological aspects with the inner ear, the vestibular system, which holds our sense of balance, a multisensory sense. And we looked at dizziness as a medical symptom. It's interesting because as a medical symptom, it cannot be measured uh, like other symptoms, like fever, for instance, from the outside. You need the experiencing subject telling about how it feels to be dizzy and when they are getting dizzy. It is still a vague symptom at the end, and it can show different signs like low blood sugars or abnormal blood pressure, inner ear disease, or a, like a heart attack or a stroke, or even a mental health issue. So dizziness as a medical symptom can be still understood as productive in the way it indicates that something needs adjustment and awareness. But we find dizziness not only in the physiological or physical, also in the psychological, social and metaphorical. And we should not forget that we also like parts of dizziness. You know, we seek out self-induced dizziness when we, you know, in social settings, in ferry park rides or when we, we go out drinking with our mates. So it's a form of social enjoyment. It can also be found in the immersion of, in games or in certain religious practices, trance, for instance. We do seek out self-induced dizziness also to get over-harrowing experiences like a heartbreak or an artistic cul-de-sac, for instance. We need these states of dizziness and we seek them out to find a new perspective on things, to come out of this experience differently and empowered, able to move on. Our artistic research 
it defines dizziness as an unpredictable movement or even as the sensation of such movement. And this sensation is causing a shift from the given to the uncertain. Dizziness can happen on different scales, from the personal to the societal dimension and from the staggering body to a system in turmoil. To me, it sounds like vertigo, huh? It is the same? No. Well, yes, <laughs> and no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a phenomenon that we try to trace, and we find this phenomenon also under different names. Vertigo, disorientation, uncertainty, confusion, precarity, noise, vagueness, contingency, unpredictability, and the list goes so there on. There are many, many uh, terms for it. But for us, dizziness implies all of these meanings. We think dizziness is such a good term because it describes the physiological, the emotional, the social. It describes the experience of the subject as well as looking at a system in turmoil. The experience of dizziness basically, we feel, is the experience of an unpredictable motion or the illusion of such a motion that has the potential to unbalance us. Why do I say the illusion of such motion? Well, if we spin too fast, then the world seems to spin around us. This would be an illusion of motion. Dizziness has the ability to, to change the world in the blink of an eye. As we are out of balance, we start to stagger, stumble and fall. We grasp for stability, orientation and a firm hold. And then we reach out to whatever promises us stability. And this is a moment of great danger, but also of great potential. What is it? So I think we need to explain here what artistic research is because basically this podcast is an artistic research process and our listeners need to understand what, what it is about. Yes, definitely, we have to. So artistic research, at the end, is a young discipline, but a very old practice. And uh, to explain that, we have to differentiate the artwork from the work of art. And these both terms usually are used as synonyms, but the artwork can be defined as the outcome that has emerged from the artistic research process. And in contrast, the work of art is the work that art does. It's the process, the change, movement in concepts, understanding and practice through the artwork and the artistic practice. So artistic research emphasizes the creative artistic process as valuable in itself and it does not focus only on the piece of art that is the outcome of this development. Yes, maybe let me add that artistic research um, also involves scientific practices of researching. And I like very much what artist Claire Pentecost says. She says that as artist researchers, we learn in the public for the public in a proposition of active social participation. So an artist is empowered to take the initiative to question something, to acquire knowledge, document it, and assume the authority to interpret that knowledge. So it's an empowering practice for artists as well. Now, this can happen in any form and format. But this is already a lot, no? Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> a lot, but it's super interesting. Artistic research is not so much about the outcome, but more about the process. 
that will be reflected in this podcast, no? Uh, this is not a journalist project, but an artistic one. There will be surprises, sometimes lack of linearity, and in general, an intuitive and jumpy development. We'll introduce works by other artists, a radio play, a Feldenkrais session even, and many things that we hope will give us an idea of what dizziness is in the social sphere and in context of togetherness. The process of such an investigation itself is dizzy. Please bear with us in brave confusion, dear listener, on this tour de force we're going to take you on. We are starting yes. recording. Okay, I'm recording now. But is there a dizziness in your writing? Dissonance? Well, as you said a moment ago, dizziness is unpredictability. It's like a, it's because it has no content in a sense, and it's a swirl of content, uh, and we don't know what will come out from it. Horos has the potential of giving direction, contour, and landmarks within the most mobile, changeable, and polymorphous of all spaces. It is this potential that dizziness, in my view, shares with Poros, the ability to set into motion and to reorientate a lost movement in the limbo of space and time. This condition of dizziness is something that is sustainable for our societies and for us as individuals. Too much, too complicated because you need to go the steps. The problem is so complicated that you need to artificially kind of isolate some part of the problem. I don't believe stability exists. I'm a professional adversary of dizziness. I like uncertainty. Dizziness for that is just one good thing that helps me be related to the real world. A, a recognition that we're that we are sort of all dizzy together in some way, but where you begin to understand that I need to take control of my own anti-dizziness regimen. Right? What am I going to do to make myself not so dizzy all the time? Um, it's a subversive thought it's a, it's actually a subversive practice because you are now going to do things that no one else is doing i mean uh this is like the situation of dizziness <laughs> and understanding that you don't really know shit you don't know anything that may happen or may not happen for me it's important to fish out this creative potential from people in the moment of dizziness it was more about um as if the world is rotating from top to bottom forward and while you are standing still. With many air attack, it can last with me, it could be lasting two hours, so you cannot really move. And you are constantly experiencing this. And I must say that it's not something like a good experience because uh, it blocks you, you cannot do anything else. It would be important for us, I think, to enjoy dizziness, to enjoy being dizzy, if we can see it as getting out of our center, this dizziness of living in a world that makes no sense. The state of total dizziness is something we, we cannot um, bear, it's too much for a psyche, for a collective. 
but we could bear more. I think that uh, that maybe uh, uh, we are now, maybe with the help even of social media, we are uncovering more and more that the world is in fact a very uh, dizzy place and that we are all in a state of dizziness permanently. <laughs> dizziness is a, a normal state of mind. Life is very disorganized, life is very chaotic and you try to bring, you know, order into chaos not possible. This shows you how um, how the world is, uh, you know, an endless um, a line of uh, dizziness, in fact. You could as easily say that uh, that you train to uh, to navigate dizziness, to swim in dizziness, to, to find the flow in dizziness. Um, and, and so if I see it that way, um, then, yeah, I mean, all of my artistic research practice for the past 20 years has been uh, around looking for ways to activate that kind of um, moment or that kind of space in which uh, things can happen that are not predictable and also are not owned by any one of the people who are involved. Together, we explore this space of dizziness, and we will meet them again in the course of the Podot project. Among these voices, Austrian composer Olga Neuwitz's piece, Fumbling and Tumbling, performed by Anders Nyquist, holds a special place. It combines the two roles of the inner ear, the auditory perception and the vestibular perception, in a preview of what this Podot has to offer. This pod art emerged from a co-creative approach, but such an approach doesn't create an easy or smooth journey. From 2014 to 2018, we have worked co-creatively on dizziness with chief curator at Kunsthaus Graz, Katrin Bucher-Trantow. Since these, this project that we did together, I think I have become so interested in working together with other people, letting them into this process creating chaos, creating questions, because there are many others. So uh, the more we are, the more questions we have, uh, letting us be, be driven by the questions we have. Every one of them will grow dizzy with power. Not this man. This is someone who doesn't know what dizziness means. These states of dizziness can be generative and fertile, but also destructive and divisive, depending on certain conditions around it. Dizziness can become a resource, but the question is always for whom and to what end. Like if you're dizzy, you grab something and you kind of know what to do. You grab onto something to stabilize yourself. Natasha Leonard. I'm a New York-based journalist and writer. So I think it's about like, where's the grabbing onto um, if we are trying to kind of rupture and dislocate from, from the problems and the harms of the now. My order is your business. My order is your business. My business is your order.
dizziness never concerns an individual only. It always extends to the social and physical environments. So navigation through and understanding of states of dizziness can only be achieved together and in view of the social and spatial love structures and agencies. It isn't easy to love an enemy. As this goes against your most basic survival instinct. But it can be done and turned to an advantage. We aim to understand emotions, structures, dynamics and consequences of dizziness. This implies political, environmental, social, individual and artistic aspects. While working on this podcast, we started just at the height of the COVID crisis. And now with the war in Ukraine and we are almost on the brink of a third world war, who knows, the climate emergency is over us with an ever-increasing power. And lately, even populist regimes are popping up in every corner of the world. Yes, this is why it's so important to look at dizziness. It has the destructive parts, but it can also be resourceful. This, this uh, crazy contemporariness uh, of uh, things merging, and maybe this is then also the dizziness. Letizia Ragalia. I started my new job as director of the Kunstmuseum Liechtenstein. For me, it's always good when I lose time, when I lose the sense of time, when uh, it's um, so overwhelming um, that everything else is not so important. Sometimes it's also a question of um, the, this exhaustion that gives you the dizziness. Philippe Alarmichaud. Un côté très gamin, hein, je pense, dans la, la, la Beat Generation, bah, il s'essayait tout. Il faisait des problèmes, In fact, there's a very childish side to the Beat Generation. They try drugs, everything, euh, like all kids. There's this side. After a while, a certain seriousness sets in because they become addicted. Actually, I think dizziness is also linked to youth, to euphoria, to a kind of vitality, and probably after youth, it disappears. After his early work, Burroughs becomes rather sad. So for me, dizziness is feeling slightly uncomfortable, but the uncomfortableness is pleasant. This is Katja Schechtner. Developing algorithms to understand cities better, based on data. For me, dizziness is something that I feel or experience when I know I'm onto something. Yevdokia Romanova. I'm originally coming from Samara, Russia, and I'm a human rights activist, a queer feminist. Yeah, I feel very disoriented, honestly. Uh, I think it generally comes with my feeling of anxiety. I think um, I think it's also different for different time periods and time frames. It's too much for a psyche, for a collective. Alice Pechrige. I'm a university professor in philosophy, so I like this idea of dizziness. My order is your dizziness. My dizziness is your order. My order is your dizziness. We could bear more than we do. And as Sergio said, a lot of emotions are involved in observing the current state of our world. But I want to stay with these emotions. I have to bring here Lisa Feldman Barrett. I really admire her work. She's a neuroscientist and psychologist. And she points out that beyond 
individual emotion, different cultures don't even agree on what emotion is. We Westerners like to think of emotion as an experience inside the human body. But many other cultures characterize emotions as interpersonal events that require two or more elements. And for example, this includes the Ifaluk of Micronesia. Some cultures don't even have a unified concept of emotion for the experience that we Westerners lump together as emotional. In social contexts, there are emotions that are socially appropriate and those that are not. Some are diminished as a sign of weakness or others elevated as a sign of strength or highlighted as a quality of character or gender. Emotions are never purely internal or psychological, but emotions are cultural, social and political. They drive us in a certain direction and perspective. And we do have a certain agency over them. This is so important when it comes to dizziness. Not allow yourself to just be propelled by emotion, but to take time to consciously reflect emotions as a factor, look at their origin and choose how to act. Emotions are contagious and they affect and orient bodies. They change the condition of the body and dizziness does that as well. Dizziness needs a body to exist. But what a body is can be discussed. Auxiliadora Galvez Perez. And I am a PhD architect and landscaper, but I am also a Feldenkrais teacher. Dizziness can have multiple incarnations, but how do we recognize these embodiments and how can we be aware of our dizziness? We feel dizziness also through the reorganization of the structures that we embody. Muscles, skeleton, fascia, and all the tensegrity lines that are organized in this matter. If we move in a determinate way, the footprint of it will remain in these structures. Dizziness can leave traces on us. Davide Deriu. And I'm a reader in architectural history and theory at the University of Westminster in London. So those three particular sensory systems which somehow affect our sense of balance. Those were really uh, described as the, the multi-sensory balance system which presides over our balance and therefore anything which disrupts that system makes us feel a, uh, an experience of vertigo. And space itself plays a big role, the space in and around us as well as the outer space. Very interesting topic because Dan Novi. When we talk about things like space exploration or ocean exploration, which I also do, you know, we talk about space sickness or or seasickness uh, coming, you know, from from this mismatch between what our visual system and what our vestibular system is is experiencing. On a level, we don't really know what's going on. It's it's. If you talk to the foremost head of NASA and their uh, experts on space sickness, they don't really know sort of what the actual neuroscience of, of the dizziness is uh, when it comes from. They don't know what the actual sort of mechanical uh, parts of it is. It's, it's rather understudied. 
what about anxiety? The Danish philosopher Søren Kierkegaard has written about dizziness and he connects dizziness to anxiety. He starts with differentiating fear from anxiety as fear, he says, is referring to something definite. But he sees anxiety in connection to dizziness as freedom. Let me tell you the story that Kierkegaard also uses. He uh, exemplifies this with the image of the abyss. So a person is standing on the edge of a cliff or a tall building. And when this person looks into the abyss, they experience the focused fear of falling. But at the same time, the person can feel a terrifying impulse to throw oneself intentionally off the edge. Kierkegaard even calls that the alarming possibility of being able, because it means we can go into any direction and do even the most self-destructive of things. One thing is certain, in my view, that uh, dizziness has an absolutely ugly face, along with a face of possibility. And this should not be neglected. In my work, I intentionally chose to focus on the more positive aspects of dizziness. Angelos Vavarousis. I am a professor of spatial planning. When a new crack starts, as it happens now, it's extremely difficult to make sense of, of it. Thinking about this position of not knowing or not exactly of this position in between that we found in the in the aspect of dizziness that there is a, a moment of sort of uh, not here nor there, but a moment of, of slightly flying possibly, yeah? That this is a moment of absolute freedom because it could turn in any direction. It's also a moment of total fear. Right, everything is moving so fast that you cannot uh, sort of absorb and adapt quickly enough. So you you end up in this perpetual miasma of a, like the future just whizzing by, giving you a sense of dizziness. And, and again, that is psychosomatic, right? It is something that is built inside and we don't seem to have a way of really parsing what's going on, uh, let alone sort of alleviating it. But perhaps made me a little bit dizzy, but this has been a, a really great conversation. Trevor Pagelin. I think it's a really productive way of framing this moment and, yeah. and framing what the possibilities are of it, you know, and, and thinking about how to discover those possibilities. He points to Dizina's ability to critique rigid and uncontested structures and habits. And it also points to the ambiguous character of dizziness as a resource. I'm old and also very young. I'm always already here. I do not have roots. My root is rootlessness. I do not have ground. My ground is groundlessness. Dizziness is my name, and I'm a pendulum without rope or gravity. My gravity is movement. I'm your out-of-body experience. I'm your fall, I'm your hallucination, 
I'm your somnambulistic awareness. I'm your voice of reason. Sometimes. I am here, and I am there. I stagger, I stumble, I stammer, and I twist. I am not there. I'm not. I become. Constantly, I become. Constantly, I digress. Catch me if you can. I am here. We want to find out if dizziness is also a professional hazard. Dizziness seems to be part of every creative endeavor. I always wonder how some people are dizzy when others are totally in charge, on top of things and seem to know exactly what to do. Precisely, this is one of the points we are trying to find out together. My order is your dizziness. Your dizziness is my order. We are going to be talking about this specifically in the third episode of this podcast when we foreground political aspects of dizziness and conspiracy theories. But how productive or generative can dizziness be in scientific context, for instance, in mathematics? If you know when you're starting from, then theoretically you can predict the outcome. Guy Cronenberg. I'm a mathematician and I work at the University of Oxford. But because you never know the exact starting position, so in this sense it's unpredictable, but it, theoretically it can be predictable. It's just that a tiny change will give you a, di a huge difference in the outcome. Um, so at least I feel it's a different way to look at, uh, at chaos or, or dizziness. It's not. It's not disordered, it's about um, the change in the starting position. So what can we do? Does an orderly working environment help avoid dizzying processes? Or maybe the other way around? You know, I've tried to organize everything. I try to put everything in order. Like when I start writing, my desk is completely empty. It has to be completely empty. There can't be anything on it. If there's something on it, it has to go away. Anna Kim. I am... Um, a novelist. I'm very interested in the coming together of politics and of literature. Uh, in my in my office, I have nothing on the walls. In fact, I mean, I'm sitting in a white cube, and on, on a white desk, and I have nothing on my desk. By the way, I didn't mention that I should also mention that my desk is also very chaotic all the time, <laughs> and it's it's very common. Like you, will see, it's not only the the image. Like we we work in a chaotic environment. We have to to live together with, with the business, with the, with the chaotic feeling, not, not be afraid of it, understand that we don't know. How do I know that I'm in the right direction and what happens if I don't? So this is part of what being a mathematician means. You need to know the math, that's for sure. You learn it at uni. Once you know it, I feel that this is only the beginning. And it's only the beginning because then when you study uni, you study things that other people did that other people prove. This Euclid, Newton, his friends, Leibniz, we have many of them. But when you become a researcher, then you need to prove your things. And no one tells you how to go or which direction to go. And so you need to somehow um, get used 
for this feeling of looking at the board or looking at this exercise or uh, looking at the thing that you want to prove and just being dizzy, like you want to start not knowing where you're going, what's the next direction. And first of all, just live with it. Still so being a mathematician, it's 10% actually knowing math, but 90% just being able to, to live with this dizziness. You know, that, that you feel that you're listening to this for the first time, that, that, um, that you ought to be able to recognize where you are and you ought to, to have some memory of it that you, that you don't. This is David Grubbs. I'm a musician and a writer. Some of the most profound listening experiences I have are ones where I just feel that I can't get a handhold, I can't get a, a foothold, and being put in that state of um, of just not being able to orient myself and not even and and not able to to trust my memory uh, is a is a fantastic experience. I mean, it's really something that I desire. big cave, you know, 10 million years ago, you, you had the delay there. This is an acoustic, acoustic phenomenon that now we call electronic. I, I can imagine the use of, of what we talk about dizziness, of using sound in a kind of unusual way to create kind of the ground moving, okay? I think this was always there. I work as a conductor. You, you had the trumpets outside the city when the, the army came and the trumpets or the drums would, would shake to make fear inside the city. So always something on the very edge. You know, first time I was in Cuba and I heard a drumming session inside the room, that's where I could feel what this means. You know, it was, I've heard drums all my life before in recordings. And so, you know, that creates this uncomfortable feeling and this or this kind of feeling that you are coming out of your body in a way. It's hard for us to understand exactly how important it was or how much part of the daily life it was. Like, I mean, the kings and queens used to call us up a musician, okay, play my party, you know. That was the only time would, where there would people sit and just listen. You know, that's a kind of invention where you take music outside its social construct. And then when people started to do that, I think um, they went for extremes. So, for example, Castrati singing super high and they would sing fast notes. Like if you look at Baroque, uh, you know, virtuosic element was 
in order to make the crowd go dizzy, in order to make them completely wild. You know, to, to the same way as some guitarist, Jimi Hendrix is playing some solo, it's exactly the same thing. The reaction of the crowd, the screaming, the fainting, is used to activate the crowd. But fundamentally, you know, I think the question for me is always about the possibilities of, of, of energy and inflection in terms of performance um, and this interaction with the body. And I think that's important, which is, you know, maybe where there's another really deep connection to this idea of, um, of dizziness. Tim Etchells. An artist, a performance maker and a writer. You know, it's important that when I'm working, I'm, you know, I'm moving, I'm often moving around the room that I'm working in, I'm getting out of breath, I'm, I'm losing my physical capacity to keep talking. Um, and that's all, again, part of what's going on, you know, it's not a, it's not, uh, it's something that I embrace, I suppose, rather than thinking, oh, I wish I could do it in some perfect vacuum I mean the fact that I'm doing it in a body with with a with a tongue and a mouth and breathing and uh, all of those things introduce elements of sort of um, glitch and and error and uh, stumble that's all really important to me sound can be very much linked to memory and whatever you are activating in your memory could be also work dizziness that you are having as well. This is Bajak Senova. Especially in Istanbul, uh, we have a very special wind called Lodos, the wind coming from the sea. Whenever you wake up to a day that has Lodos, you feel dizzy. It has the same association with remembrance and remembering things and the effects on you could be the effects uh, of a wind as well. I mean, I'm not so sure whether am I too abstract or is it poetic or is it like you feel as if I'm bullshitting, but this is how I'm thinking now, yeah. This sort of rearrangement of perception and uh, this idea of, of, of dizzying the spectator, dizzying myself. I mean, I think the important thing in that for me is this idea that out of that comes new possibilities for uh, understanding. And, and it's a means to an end. It's a way of disrupting one's view of, of the landscape, if you like, in order to be able to see it again with with new eyes and from new from new perspectives. And that, you know, to me, that's I guess that's the goal: um, disrupting those ways of looking that we that we're sort of trapped in or listening that we're trapped in, in order to open new new doors or windows. Well, let me read a short excerpt from Markus Steinweg. We cannot elude the experience of the body's dizzying depths, 
with the body, through it, the human subject is connected to its animality as well as the experience of exceeding it. In the context of our work here together, we now come to another hook that kept us hanging during this whole process. And that's the Franz Fanon concept of the vertigo of the question mark. What we call dizziness then describes a situation in which the possibilities of reality can no longer be grasped in a habitual manner because of a disruption in perception, in emotional sense making. And Fanon's question mark can do that for us. So, whether frightening or enjoyable, when we fall into dizziness, we enter a stage of heightened vulnerability. It's precarious. We are unsure of our perception, processing and abilities. We become uncertain of ourselves, but we also have the possibility to exceed ourselves. Franz Fanon was the inspiration for artist Danny Gall, whom we invited to do a radio piece for our podcast. First of all, it, his work is interesting to me because he brings together political work with psychological, psych psychiatric work. He's very focused on the psychological uh, reasonings to a political situation, but and of course the effect of this political violence, uh, psychological and, and psychiatric in a psychiatric way. He he was writing a lot about this relationship between um, colonized and colonizer. The colonized adopts the behavior of his colonizer. This is a very central point in his thought. Um, in this specific quote that related me to to your project, to dizziness and vertigo, and he is bringing it from the psychiatric realm. Um, and as Fanon analyzes it as a moment where one's commitment to humanity clashes with one's political responsibility. He writes, and who can affirm that vertigo does not haunt the whole of existence? We feel that dizziness is part of every aspect of the Conditio Humana, but dizziness goes even beyond all that. Animals get dizzy, systems can become dizzy. And to contemplate this existential impact of dizziness, we now propose a music piece. So if you look at the work of somebody like Alvin Lucier, um, which has been influencing uh, most sound artists, whether they know it or not, for the last 40, 50 years, uh, he's searching for this kind of um, feeling of uh, being on the edge of something, being, being like almost falling into something. Um, and this feeling of, of, of unsteadiness is quite crucial in his music and in his search for 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 sound and he's kind of working on the very edge of what's possible so sometimes it just fails when you hear it first time you are dizzy you are confused you are uncomfortable but you hear it several times you hear other things so you go deeper in the sound you're less afraid let's be less afraid and conclude with Ilan's suggestion Let's listen to Alvin Lucier's Diamonds from 1999, 
played by the Janacek Philharmonic Orchestra and published by New World Records, with whose permission we include this piece here.
My order is your dizziness. 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 In this episode, we navigated through dizziness together with, in order of appearance, David Grubbs, Caroline Feiertag, Ben Spatz, Yevdokia Romanova, Ren Holtzman, Grace Sambo, Gloria Benedict, Katja Schechtner, Dan Novi, Natasha Leonard, Bashak Senova. Gabriela Carnero da Cunha, Alice Pechriegel, Anna Kim, Katrin Bucher-Trantoff, Letizia Ragalia, Philippe Lamichou, Maria Auxiliadora Galvez Perez, Davide Deriu, Trevor Paglin, Gal Cronenberg, Angelos Varvarusis, Ilan Volkov, Tim Atchels, Dani Gal. This is Poddard by Ruth Anderwald, Leonhard Grant and Sergio Edelstein. Spatial audio mix, Florian Grant. Recording and vocal support, Ethan Vincent. Production, Jeanne Drach, oh wow. Assistance, Laura Brechmann. Uncertain groundlessness in the framework of navigating dizziness together, supported by the Austrian Science Fund's FWF Peak AR 598, hosted by Centrum Focus Forschung at the University of Applied Arts, Vienna. My order is your dizziness. More soon.